Welcome to the Android Guys In Brief Podcast, the 15-minute tech news podcast that never lasts for just 15 minutes. Today is August 21st, 2018, and I am your host, Matt Adams, editor here at Android Guys, and joining me today, we have a packed house. We've got Andrew Myrick, Donovan Jessica, Josh Noriega. Guys, how you doing? Yo. Doing pretty good, man. How about you? Can't complain. Andrew, how are you doing? Just fine. It's a bit of a special episode today. Today is Josh's first episode. Uh, Josh, welcome to the podcast. I don't know. Glad to be here. I don't know what would make you want to hang out with uh, people like us, but that's your bad decision. Um, hey, it's tough. <laughs> that's that's how bad I wanted to do this. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, our first topic today is kind of uh, a crazy one to think that it would even happen. Um, Verizon being just crazy to some local fire fire departments um, out in California. As we know, California is basically the entire state is on fire right now um, from wildfires. And a lot of those fire departments depend on Verizon's uh, internet backbone, um, their mobile networks for their data. Um, you know, a lot of coordinating is done now um, over the internet and um, this one particular um, fire department, the Santa Clara Fire uh, Department, used Verizon, and they were they had a thirty-seven dollar-ish uh, plan every month. Well, they're out there fighting these fires, and Verizon decides to impose some speed limitations because they've reached their data cap. And as anyone knows, who's been uh, limited with their speed. Anyone who's been throttled knows it's incredibly slow. It's like using 2G when you're used to 4G. It's about a hundredth of the speed. So Santa Clara uh, Fire Department has filed suit against Verizon uh, for throttling them. They said that they were they they should have been able to use their current plan when they called in to try to get it fixed, they were quoted a $39 plan that they would still have to pay per gig after they reached a certain limit, but at least they'd be able to use their service. Uh, turns out that they were ended up they ended up getting charged $100 a month, and it still wasn't an unlimited plan. Um, the Santa Clara Fire Chief uh, Anthony Bowden uh, wrote that uh, the county fire has experienced thr- throttling by its ISP Verizon. Uh, this throttling had a significant impact on our ability to provide emergency services. Verizon imposed these limitations despite being informed that throttling throttling was actively impeding county fire's ability to provide crisis response and emergency services. So, guys, what do you think? Is this, you know, just one of those things that kind of happens, or should Verizon have headed this one off at the pass? I feel like by hampering a you know a very important public service and that public public services ability to communicate with one another in the field is really irresponsible of Verizon because that that can literally endanger the lives of the people out there and by extension the lives of the people that live in the communities that they're protecting. Josh, what do you think? Um yeah it's 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 definitely a problem um i i I mean has anybody gotten word that verizon fixed the issue 
Well, they did switch him over to this super expensive plan, and they were able to actually use the surface again, but, you know, it's still not unlimited, and these guys need that service while they're out there trying to fight fires and coordinating, you know, equipment and movements of firefighters and stuff, so, I mean, I guess it's a fix, but it's not a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the article from Artist Technica that we that we pulled the story from, um, it looks like there was an update that says that Verizon acknowledged that it shouldn't have continued to throttle after the fire department brought it to their attention. Um, whether or not it's been fixed or not, the article doesn't say, but it sounds like Verizon at least admitted some sort of mistake on their part, which is better than nothing, but not as good as something. Josh, do you think that there should be special plans for first responders that get rid of these um, restrictions in times of crisis? Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, like I'm, I'm actually really surprised that, that this, this kind of thing happened. Um, I mean, and it, I, you're talking about the, the old fire department is, you know, it's not just, you know, a few people, you know, um, they should certainly be given priority. Right. Um, I mean, and this brings up, uh, I mean, this serious issue, but, you know, this also brings up the topic of, you know, what really unlimited is, um, which, you know, it's a pain point <laughs> that, I mean, you're, you're paying some extra money, but, you know, you're, you're still being, uh, it's, it's still a compromise solution. Yeah, you know, we've seen all of the big carriers go to so-called unlimited plans, um, but I feel like now they're just limited plans that instead of being throttled you're being deprioritized or whatever term that they want to use um you know on the high end of the scale you have someone like t-mobile which i believe their deprioritization uh limit is like 50 gigs before you can be slowed down Yeah. yeah and you know that's great and whatever but i'm paying for unlimited um andrew you know are these actually unlimited plans or should you know some whoever regulates these guys step in and say, look, you can't use the unlimited plan um, marketing language. I've, you're actually still limited. Personally, so I used to work for Verizon. <clears throat> pardon me, a few years ago, and I never liked the idea of using um, what we now call unlimited plans because they're very rarely ever actually unlimited. But that's more so for like us like all right cool we got unlimited data 50 gigs like we'll be good for a while but like when it comes to first responders or like anything like that i think that there should be like a different set of plans and rules and things like that and i'm sure that it, there's a reason why it's not like that now or maybe it is kind of but there's absolutely zero excuse for verizon to say sorry we're not turning off the data throttling until you pay us more money like that's not in my like that's not okay for me. Yeah. Yeah, I almost wonder if they're if the government government needs to step in and you know no matter what you think about the government, but you know should we not be building out our the government's own network for people like this because it has to work reliably. It, it can never go down. You need a ton of capacity during emergencies, and I just don't know if. A company like Verizon is going to care enough to, you know, provide a service like that. Do you guys think that this 
is a problem that business can solve or do we need to have the government step in and build another network? Um, well, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. They're, they're not going to build another network because the infrastructure is already there. It's just Verizon and whatever other, you know, whoever can get the contract is going to have to pay or is going to have to be paid an, abs an absurd amount of fun, like a, a, a huge sum of money. And I don't see the government, since it's not already done and it's 2018, if the government was going to make their own network, they would have already done it by now. So is the, so basically what you're saying is we need an MVNO that is run by the government, but piggybacks off of carrier towers. I feel like that's the, not the best option, but like kind of the only option at this point, if yeah. it was, if it was to be started, like, you know, tomorrow, I feel like it would be like the only option. Donovan, Josh, what do you guys think? Is there a, is there an actual solution here? Or is it just the best of bad solutions? Um, I think at bare minimum, we need to have a, a system where government employees, especially ones in in crisis type roles, have uh, access to all the networks available to them and phones that can handle those networks with seamless handoff between those networks. So and, and affordable prices or subsidized prices or no prices at all. I feel like that should be the cost of doing business in America is being able to support these people that keep us safe. Um, yeah, for my I like um I I guess I'm not seeing why the government couldn't work like even with all the carriers for, you know, special situations like this and kind of almost like save them a chunk of their data and prioritize them, especially when, you know, some disaster like this happens. Um, maybe even like in this case, subsidize uh, Verizon and, you know, help, help, you know, if the firefighter uh, or the fire department's going to pay something, you know, help subsidize them at least. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, if you're going to have private companies that sell service to the government like this, it almost feels like that those, the you know, police departments and firefighters, disaster relief, they need to be first among equals. You know, if you're going to limit anybody during a, uh, a situation like this where there's, you know, the whole state is on fire, you know, the firefighters, the ones that are trying to actually save everyone, I feel like those are the guys that need the service the most. That's just... This, this really bothers me as someone who, you know, has a lot of respect for the people that put their life in danger to save others. Um, and I don't know, Verizon, they need to come out. They need to do better than just an I'm sorry in this situation. All right, <clears throat> let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Donovan, you need to take this one because this is too stupid for me to actually read. <laughs> anyway, it's too stupid for you to read, so now I have to read it? Yeah. yeah. That is... I see, I see. Okay. Samsung is making a 17-inch tablet. Again. Okay. I said it. I said that, that's 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 the best I can do. They're so, making it again. Again, that's, yes. Well, it was yeah. an 18.5-inch tablet before. So an inch smaller. Yeah, and as as we know, 17 inches is really the the upper limit of what you can do for a tablet. 18, no, no, no. 17, perfect. Um, <laughs> so 
<laughs> what we're talking about is the Samsung Galaxy View 2. Um, as you may remember, um, as the guys were uh, referring to, we had the Samsung Galaxy View uh, three years ago, I believe. Huge, huge uh, tablet the size of the biggest screens on laptops, just to give you uh, some grasp on how big this thing actually is. Um, the updated version has Type-C charging. Um, it does have a book-style hinge stand, which, I mean, I guess that makes sense if you're going to have this huge screen. you got to be able to sit it down somewhere. Um, Samsung's throwing its own Exynos processor in there. Disappointingly, it's 1080p, um, which I didn't look up what the pixel density is on a 1080p display at 17 and a half inches, but it can't be good. Um, <laughs> so I don't know why you would have a, a display that big and not pack it with pixels, but whatever. Um, also, it doesn't have any pen support, so you can't use like an S Pen or, you know, a... Um, precision stylus or anything like that. Um, it does not have dex mode, which we've seen in Samsung's flagship smartphones for the last couple of years, and it only has three gigs of RAM. Um, so not, not super overwhelming, um, but I guess if you're going to have a huge display, that's already going to jack up the price. Do you guys see a market for this at all? Andrew, is anybody going to buy this? Somebody will. Someone. One person. <laughs> Four or five people somewhere along the way. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the crazy thing to me is that this this people so the people who make these products apparently seem to think there is a market for it because we're seeing you know products from Amazon, from Google, from from literally all the major players that are like bringing up these quote unquote smart displays that don't really seem to do anything of value. I don't know. I I don't necessarily think that this is. A smart display um, it's got a little more functionality than that but I don't have a problem with smart displays um, uh, the one from Lenovo I believe it is that we um, have in for review that thing seems pretty cool I mean it's just Google Assistant with us with a screen so as long as it's not you know $500 or whatever I don't have a problem with that um, but I mean a 17 inch display with not a ton of functionality I mean, Josh, what do you what would you actually use this thing for? Um, I mean, one of the cool things I thought, like, um, you know, if you set it like, say, for instance, like on your kitchen island or something like that, and like you come down and have breakfast and kind of check, you know, news and stuff, have a big screen, even yeah. like a video playing, maybe. I always thought that was that was kind of nice, but one of the contentions for me was, I mean, the the price of the original view, what was that, like six hundred bucks? Except yeah, yeah. So, so something that's kind of like just a luxury, a novelty. Like, I don't know. And, and the specs kind of pit it at like a low to mid end device. So, like the the price and the functionality, the the specs aren't really matching up for me. Donovan, any interest in this thing? Not really, especially <laughs> if. If the rumored, uh, if the rumored specs are correct, where you have three gigabytes of RAM, which is really lower than the low end of most flagships these days, most of the time we're seeing a minimum of four gigs on a flagship, and this is running a much bigger screen. 
um, with no pen and no decks. It's like, what's the point of a smart display that can't use the decks uh, technology? Um, it's just kind of rough. I mean, 17 and, 17 and a half inches. What is that? That's, that's like holding a computer monitor in your hand. Yeah. I think we have consensus that this thing's pretty dumb. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're not going to spend any more time on that craziness. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> our next story uh, comes to us from Android Authority. Um, it looks like Google is rolling out new functionality for Google Assistant. Um, and we've had something kind of like this previously, but now... Google Assistant is going to feed you good news when you ask it to. Um, actually, we're going to try it out right here. Hey, Google, tell me something good. Check out this story from BBC. The voluntary donation of data for medical research is on the rise. Apps enable thousands of volunteers to share their health data, which is giving scientists new research leads on arthritis and Parkinson's disease. So that is, yeah, that, that's not like the, the news I think some people would expect. You know, it's not the puppy dogs playing in a field type good news. It's more, you know, what's actually going on in the world is giving you the, the other side of the coin other than just death and destructions in California being on fire. Um, so there are some people that don't necessarily love this feature, but... I think it's a cool little, cool little call out that Google can, you know, give you something positive. Um, Josh, do you think that this is anything to get excited about, or is this just Google throwing another little, another little curveball at us? Um, I think it's like, I guess if you're really checking news like consistently throughout the day, it would be nice um, because you know a lot of the times we see you know like you know, breaking news, like this fire thing that's going on, for instance, or whatnot. And it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, and that can be like all the kind of stuff you see and this kind of deviates from it and gives you, you know, other things that you may not have caught and, you know, positive things. So the, the whole point behind it is to kind of, um, you know, give you some good news, something to be happy about, not just all this crap going on. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's nice. It's nothing like critical, but, you know, it, it enhances um it's it enhances what what uh google's offering yeah 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 um i agree with you do any of you guys listen to the news through google assistant show nope. of hands no i'm more of a reader personally than a, than a listener yeah i just i don't know if there's enough of a base here for anyone really to get excited about this because even people who I know that are huge Google Assistant fans, they're they're not really listening to um, news. You know, sometimes in the morning, just to get a, get caught up on headlines. But I don't. Again, I don't really know anybody. The first thing they do is uh, grab their phone in the morning and start catching up on headlines and news and text messages. Like it seems to be everyone's uh, ritual now. So I don't know. Anybody going to use this? You know, I feel like we. I feel like there is an interesting concept, and it's kind of cute. I mean, when you have when you have news, you know, all over about a war and, and fires and political corruption and things like that. Sometimes you want an escape from that, and I feel like Google's idea for that is really cool. 
so you know just a simple command show me something good but the results that are getting spit out are not cute puppies and kitty cat videos they're just interesting tidbits that may benefit humanity at some point sometime somewhere um so do like... you do you like what it's doing now or do you see that it's just a a problem of aggregation aggregation is is the definitely the problem right now i think when people say hey google tell me something good they want to see you know a video of a cat wearing a bonnet or something or they want to yeah. see uh you know uh those those stories that are so popular of you know students parents buying teachers a car so they can get to and from their Right. their school they want to get those real feel-good stories that really pull up the heartstrings they don't want to hear about some healthcare company collecting consumers datas under the guise of it being beneficial for someone fair enough um, well, well that's 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 a really good point um like you know what somebody may want to hear you know is different from another person it would be nice if uh if Google throws in a setting for things, maybe you would would, would want to hear. I mean, maybe people do want to hear like uh, you know positive news. Maybe some people just prefer to hear jokes or something like that. True. Yeah, I I wonder how powerful they're actually going to make this because Donovan and I were uh, talking earlier um, when we were getting the podcast ready, and I I went through a couple times of asking Google you know to tell me some positive news, and I actually got that exact same BBC story that we just got. So I'm wondering how big that pool is and if Google is ever actually going to give us tools to, you know, make that pool bigger or narrow it down to, I mean, hey, maybe I want some happy tech news or, you know, I want to, I want happy news of thing, you know, someone set a record in sports, you know, maybe I want those specific things. So I, I think this is something with a little bit of potential, um, but I don't know if it's quite ready for a prime time. It's not exactly a groundbreaking uh, Google feature like uh, we saw at I/O, where it's calling people um, and passing up, passing itself off as a real person. So, but hey, you know, little value adds for Google Assistant. I mean, who can really fault Google for you know giving you more for free? Very true. All right, now for uh, for my favorite story of the day, and I have a feeling that at least Donovan and Andrew are going to be excited about this. Um, OnePlus is finally coming to the U.S. store shores. Shore, shore store? I don't know. I quit. Um, <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's rumored to be coming to T-Mobile. Um, we saw the OnePlus 6 release a couple months ago, and... OnePlus releases two phones a year. They release a base model, and then or later in the year, they release the T model um, because Apple's doing the S model, so you got to do T. It's one better, right? So we'll see the OnePlus 6T uh, come out later this year. Um, they've not been coy about that, but the cool new interesting news is that they are going to team up with T-Mobile for their first... Um, First time being sold in a store here in the United States. As of right now, they're only online. Um, they've built a cult following. Um, but we're getting news from CNET and a couple other sources that a, a carrier-specific version of the OnePlus 6T will be sold through T-Mobile. Um, T-Mobile or uh, OnePlus will also sell its regular 6T um, unlocked international version. But this special version that's sold through T-Mobile is going to take uh, take 
advantage of T-Mobile's 600 megahertz extended range LTE. And this is really that um, band that T-Mobile's been rolling out in rural areas um, to try to help people get better uh, service away from the cities. Um, I'm a big fan of OnePlus, so I don't see any, any issues here. Donovan, I know you're a OnePlus 6 owner like I am. Um, are you are you running to T-Mobile to pick up your OnePlus 6T in a couple months? If T-Mobile has a deal that makes OnePlus even cheaper than it already is, you know I'm there. I mean, T-Mobile's T-Mobile's my carrier. It's my carrier of choice. Uh, OnePlus is my phone of choice. So, if they make it easier to get and give me a benefit for doing so, of course. Is that 600 megahertz uh, network support a big enough benefit for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I live in a, in a metro area uh, in California, which is luckily not on fire. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I think it's already rolled out to my area, and it should roll out even even farther. So it should benefit me in terms of the the higher end 4G speeds. Um, probably not 5G because T-Mobile's plan doesn't even start until 2019, I think. Yeesh. Um, yeah. Andrew, what's this mean for the future of OnePlus as a company? As long as everything goes through, it could mean big things. I don't know if we'll see carrier support from others. Um, obviously, I'm holding out the hope that we'll see CDMA at some point in time. Nope. But I'm probably going to die happen. of um, not being able to breathe because that's probably <laughs> not going to happen. But it would be cool to see OnePlus finally make it. I mean, this is the 6T. What is this, like their eighth phone? <clears throat> something like that it finally get it. some finally get some carrier support i mean if zte can get carrier support there's no reason that oneplus can't um because in my opinion zte phones just aren't that great at all even though now, quote unquote flagships aren't the uh the main reason that zte has been able to penetrate markets like this where huawei hasn't uh security concerns aside is that when they sell a phone on a carrier it is that carrier's branded phone. So you see something like, like the Verizon Blade rather than seeing like the ZTE Blade. They, they give over their, their branding rights. So really no one knows that ZTE exists outside of phone enthusiasts and people have been using their devices for years. Hey man, the ZTE Axon M is on AT&T without any AT&T branding. Ooh. That that two display <laughs> phone. And if you want a phone with a huge notch in, or a huge uh, bend in the middle of it, that's the phone for you. Yeah, I actually <laughs> went to that event and that was a weird. That was interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure if I could get used to that. <laughs> um, Josh, do you think that this is the start of something big for OnePlus, or is it just gonna peter out because I don't have the name recognition? Um, no, no, I think so. I mean, with uh, with GSM uh, carriers, you know, like T-Mobile or AT&T, you know, uh, there's plenty of a base there that knows you can bring unlocked phones over. So I think this is the right move. Um, I, I'm I'm personally I'm a T-Mobile user, uh, so I'm I'm personally excited about it. I mean, I I technically gravitate towards you know the the big guys. You know, like I have my Note Nine coming, but um, it, it is a uh, it is kind of a relief, you know, as the prices are going up. So the Note 9 is like a thousand bucks and this is almost like half the price. So, you know, I am starting to get that frustration right now. And, you know, I, I would totally 
uh, jump on the 60. You know, that's a great point and something that I wanted to talk about too. You have all of these companies that are trending upwards with their prices. Um, iPhones are more expensive than they've ever been. Samsung phones are more expensive than they've ever been. LG is more expensive than they've ever been. And now you have this company who makes phones that are just as good as those phones hardware-wise. They have the same internals or better. And they're coming in at half the price. That I mean, that has to do something to the market, right? I mean, if they go... If OnePlus goes into T-Mobile and sells four or five million phones... That ha- those big guys have to pay attention to that, don't they? No. <laughs> Come on. They're like, I do what I want. There's one other big guy. Like, all right, U.S. Cellular maybe. What would be really awesome is if they got in with T-Mobile and then came through Project Fi somehow, I would probably lose my mind. That would be cool. Um, I don't I might, think that would happen. I might but, change the Project Fi for that, actually, if I could get that. Um, uh, But that's like, because, so, you know, you say the big guys, and the big guys are... T-Mobile. No, by big guys, I mean like Samsung, LG, HTC. Well, HTC doesn't matter anymore, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes, they do. No, they don't. In my heart, they do. (laughs) We want forever love the HTC One M7. We want HTC to matter, but that doesn't, you know, wishing doesn't make it so. I heart HTC. No, No one who loves Android doesn't love HTC, just for... Who they used to be, but the dream. No. All um, right. I, I, I um I want to digress a little uh, about like the stick. Uh, so so the five T last year was the first time we saw like you know upgraded version of the 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 base flagship. Um, like what what's your opinion? Like like my opinion is uh like why why would you get the six when you know the sixties coming like a couple months later like. Should they just drop one of them and just... <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Matt and Donovan, what should you guys do, Matt and Donovan? Uh, well, you sell your 6 and buy the 6T. I don't see a problem here. I, I get what you're <laughs> saying, Josh, but by that logic, why would you buy the 6T when you can wait for the 7? Why would you buy the 7 when you can wait for the 7T? Has it been 6 but months it, already? It's just a few months apart, though. 6, like but yeah, six I mean, months, yeah. It... it but, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you have a 6, you're probably not going to get the 6T. You're probably going to get the 7. And if you have a 6T, you're probably not going to get the 7. You're going to get the 7T. I'm definitely getting the 6T. Yeah, I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if it it comes out and it has water resistance, wireless charging, which it probably won't, um, that's an instant sell for me right there. I, I... I'm excited to see it. I might actually just have to bite the bullet and figure out how to switch. I mean, if it comes out... So, for people who may not know, um, OnePlus and Oppo are sister companies, and usually OnePlus uses the design of Oppo phones. And we recently saw the Oppo R... Was it 15 or 17? 17. 17. We'll we'll make sure we link that um, on AndroidGuys.com and the show post, but... We recently saw that come out, and man, is that a sexy device. If you're going to have a notch, that thing did it right. Kind of like the essential phone, which uh, leads us to our next topic. Essential. I wanted to to love you so much, Essential. Um, (laughs) I thought you did. 
we'll get into that here in a second. Um, so, <laughs> a central basically is trying to fire sale all of their phones at this point. Um, we saw on Prime Day that the phone dropped to 250 bucks, which was like, everyone was talking, oh my god, this is an amazing deal. Well, the other day, this uh, central phone went down to $224 on Amazon. And it's since come back up, but it kind of makes you wonder what is going on with Essential. We've seen rumors that uh, the founder wants to sell the company, even though it's a supposedly a billion-dollar company. They've canceled their next phone. Guys, what does this fire sale tell you about what's going on with Essential? Okay, so before we talk about the fire sale, like, for those that don't know, Essential Phone, the Essential Phone was originally sold over, overpriced. It was like, it was like eight or nine hundred, seven hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah. And then it was like permanently price dropped, and ever since it was permanently price dropped, every like month or so, they go on sale. Now it's never been on sale for as cheap as it was at two twenty four, and I think as this writing, it's at like three ten. But which is still an awesome price. It is, but it's like. Okay, well, it's got because it's got the eight thirty five, it's Snapdragon eight thirty five in it, four gigs of RAM. Like it's not flagship material any like in twenty eighteen. I'm sure it runs like it because it has Android Pie and all, but but it's still better than any phone you can buy for three hundred bucks right now. It hands even better than like the Moto G, the Moto G series. Yeah, but like I don't look at it as like a bad thing that. Essentials trying to get rid of stock because it's just like a temporary fire sale. I think the one, the 224 price was just for a few hours and then it went back up. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's a terrible thing for Essential. I think the report of Andy Rubin trying to sell the company is still a terrible thing for Essential. Donovan. Now, the problem with the essential is no matter what price you buy it at you're always taking a risk that at any point in time essential will stop supporting the device because essential itself will cease to exist um essential has been kind of on the selling block for a, like a couple months now right so we're, we're not sure if one if they're going to continue to be a company two if the company is bought out it'll the company that buys it will continue to support the old phone or only move forward with new phones. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a gamble, regardless of what price you get it at, it's going to be some sort of risk. And that's why it's so low. Josh, you, uh, you reviewed the essential phone a little bit ago when it, I believe when it got, uh, Android Oreo, is that correct? Yeah. Um, 8.1. Yeah. So do you think that's a phone that if you picked it up now can last you, a year or two years, even if it doesn't get any software updates like Donovan's talking about? Um, I think so. Uh, I mean, for for that price it was at, um, even the price it is now, like, what, 300 yeah. Um, I, I, I think so. Like, yeah, you guys are right. There is a risk to it, but, you know, at a lower price, you know, a lot of people, like, I would be willing to eat that risk if I was on a, you know, really on a strict budget. Um, and, and, you know, having reviewed the phone and spending time with it, I, I didn't see any indication, like it didn't, it didn't get slower over time and, you know, it wasn't a buggy experience. I, I don't, I don't, there wasn't any indication that told me that, you know, it wasn't going to, uh, stand the test of time. So my problem with the essential phone has always been twofold. 
one, the notch. It's oh. not it's not terrible, but it's way too low on the phone, which makes the notification shade huge when it's not expanded. And it drives me insane for what has it been, ten years of staring at Android, of always having that basically be the exact same size. And then you look at a phone where it's, you know, one and a half to two times the size, drives me insane. That's a personal thing. Um, what's not a personal thing is th the sensors in it are not, I don't know if they're not as good as other phones or they just didn't set it up correctly inside the phone, but service is not as good on the essential phone as other phones. Um, Bluetooth for me was always really spotty and the, the touch screen, I got phantom touches or my touches weren't registered a lot. So I will, I agree with you guys that it's an amazing deal at 225, but it's a deeply flawed phone. And I just wonder if Essential is trying to push their remaining stock out the door so they can turn the page and release something else. Because if they're going to, if Essential is going to exist as a company, it has to keep that forward momentum. And it's not momentum by just selling phones for slightly more than you paid to build them. Okay, so did you use, have you, when did you, when was the last time you used the Essential phone? Um, it was early this year, January or February. It was, okay. no, that's, that's actually wrong. Um, it was after it got 8.1. So actually, yeah, I guess it was early this year. Okay, because I'm trying to think. Like, I haven't seen very many. I have seen some, but not very many reports of people saying, you know, people in our um, line of work, so to speak, saying that it's laggy and touch stuff. I did see that in the beginning, but I haven't seen it because that there was a lot. There were a lot of bugs, a lot of bugs sure. on the essential phone when it first came out. But I feel like they've done a, a fantastic job at least trying to fix it. I agree with you. Um, like, they get... released they released Android Pie, like, an hour after Google. Yeah. Did, which and is that, insane for me. And that's definitely one of the reasons to pick that phone up. Because even if Essential goes away, there's such an awesome community of developers around that that it's going to get updated. But while Essential is around... You're getting monthly updates. You're getting same day. I mean, they're not going to promise this for future just in case I can't deliver on it. But you got a same day Pi update. I mean, that's that's impressive. Um, going back to like the stuff I was talking about, I agree. They have released some updates that definitely helped. But you can only do so much with inferior hardware. And the screen is just not great compared to other uh phones out there looking at it touch register all that kind of stuff um and i don't know if it's the ceramic casing of the phone that hurts it but it you can only say so many times like these are the problems before people stop listening you know it's established that these are issues so why keep saying it you know yeah I got yeah you. 
Now, when you talk about the uh, what, with the the sensors being uh, suboptimal, mm -hmm. they are a generation old. I mean, it's got an eight thirty a sam uh, Snapdragon eight thirty five rather than an eight forty five, uh, which, if I recall, only supports up to four point three Bluetooth compared to most phones these days having a five point Bluetooth. Nope. I'm not even I'm not even talking comparing it to phones in twenty eighteen. I mean, for when it even came out. So when right. it came out, it was kind of a train wreck and it's gotten better since then but it's still not where it should be right yeah the physical sensors that are in the phone though are attached to the the snapdragon system on chip oh, so gotcha. they should they should all be the same components but you may have something with like the layout of the phone along with yeah. the materials of the phone yeah i just wonder you know we see antenna bands on phones all the time, and I don't know exactly how it works with ceramic, but um, I just wonder if there's something in that casing that's hurting it. Or, I mean, because if you would assume that if it's something else, that's something that they would have fixed in a uh, hardware revision, and I've never heard them talk about that. So I just assume that it's it's still an issue, and I've seen people on you know Reddit or Twitter. Um, still complain about this issue, so I, I can't I can't sit here and say don't pick one up because of it because at three hundred bucks it's still an amazing deal. It's better than any mid tier phone that you're gonna pick up, but you are you are gonna have some issues with it in my opinion. As with um, all phones, yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah, I, I think um, like the launch kind of hurt it. I, I mean, at seven hundred bucks, oh, yeah. I mean. And, you know, compared to the competition, I mean, it, it had no chance, really. I think at, like, 500, maybe. Um, but then you, you would pit it against a OnePlus phone, which, you know, has already had a few iterations by that point. So, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's tough. Yeah, someone brought up the other day, and I, Andrew, this might have been you, OnePlus really misjudged where they were in the market because they came in and expected to compete with LG and Samsung, and really they should have been trying to compete with OnePlus and Huawei and Honor, those type companies. Um, do you guys think if they come out with a second a central phone, or PH2, whatever they're going to call it, um, at that $500-ish price point that they could continue on as a company, or is it kind of just done for them at this point? They drive the point home that their phone is five hundred bucks or less. Then I think they could compete with OnePlus, and maybe Motorola. But uh, I don't. They can't do anything with the big boys. Agreed. With um, with their lack of exposure and uh, the lack of their of their of their founding their founding visionary was it was one of the Google guys, right? Andy Rubin. Yeah, Andy Rubin yeah. is one of the creators of Android. Yeah, and he's not there anymore. So Yeah, he is. He's back now. Oh, he, he is back now. Yeah, he took some time away. Uh he got caught up in the the Me Too um uh movement. Mm -hmm. Uh there was some rumors, so he took some time away, but he's back and there's been some rumors about him trying to sell the company, but uh as far as we know, that is not moved forward at all and he is still there leading the ship. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like trying to compete with with Samsung, in particular, at this point, is a lost cause. Uh, I feel like LG is a little more vulnerable than Samsung is, um, but 
you really have to have a, a sub $800 phone, maybe even sub $700 phone with great specs to really make a dent in the market. All right. <clears throat> well, that'll do it for today. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard here today, please consider uh, subscribing to uh, Android Guys. We're on Google Play Music, iTunes, Pocket Cast, or pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Also, be sure to head over to androidguys.com and click on the link for this podcast. Not only do we post the sources for all of our stories, so you can do some additional reading, um, but you can find out some more information about our sponsor, Blue Microphones. All of us today are using Blue Microphones, and if you like how we sounded, um, you should definitely pick one up for yourself. Um, and in fact, if you head over to androidguys.com um, and click on the, sh- the link for this podcast, you can get a 20% discount code. These things are a steal at the price that they're asking for them, 20% off, fantastic. Um, we absolutely love our Blue Microphones, and we are not alone. Uh, Blue is an award-winning company and the driving force behind professional musicians, internet creators, and countless elite gaming teams and Twitch streamers. Their Blue Yeti uh, USB mic, which is what we're using right now, is the internet's most popular microphone. So we definitely recommend uh, you check them out. Even if they weren't our sponsor, we'd still give them the same recommendation. Um, For Andrew, Donovan, and Josh, I'm Matt Adams. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time.